and welcome to section one, episode 26 of the LUFC Fan Zone podcast. I'm Sam Isles. And I'm Jack Ellis. And each episode, we'll be talking to our next Leeds United player or manager about their time at the club. Last episode, we spoke with Matthias Bogus, who joined Leeds in January 2019 and, of course, is still a Leeds United player, but he's currently out on loan at the minute with Spanish second division side Legrones. In last episode, which was the second section of episode 25, Matthias spoke about Marcelo Bielsa and how, as a head coach, he keeps himself to himself, which is something which is clear to the fans. But he also thinks that Bielsa is an amazing head coach and someone who has improved him as a player. But the one thing he said negatively about him was that he might want to have a bit of a stronger bond with Bielsa. Did you get that impression too, Jack? Yeah, I did. And there was one word which stuck out and a word which he, he was using quite frequently, actually, which was frustration. He was saying that he was frustrated a lot and whether that's down to the language barrier or I don't know. But from what I see anyway, I think it's the same for every player. In my opinion, I don't think he's been singled out. But at the same time, he has every right to be frustrated if he wants to have game time. But some players might see it as a good thing that the manager's a bit far, further distant away. But obviously, in Mateus's case, he would probably prefer it the other way. But once again, I think that goes down to personal preference. Yeah, definitely. And Matthias also touched on the celebrations after winning the promotion last season, something which he said was the best day in his career because not only did Leeds win promotion at the Premier League that day, Bogus also received a winner's medal, of course, and he made his championship debut in that final match against Charlton. Following promotion, he was sent out on loan at the start of this season and he said that he was close to joining both Luton Town and Charlton on loan before heading out to Spain. And he also said that he might need another loan next season before he sees himself ready to compete for a place in the Premier League squad. Do you think he's right, Jack, that he needs another loan? Because he is still 19 years old, so he can play for the under-23s if he wanted. But he seemed to suggest that he's already outgrown the under-23s and he needs first-team experience to be able to progress further at Leeds. Yeah, I think he's capable of playing first-team football. Maybe not at Leeds at this moment in time, like he said himself, but I think the best way to develop as a player and get used to first-team football is by playing first-team football. And regardless of what division it is, I still believe that if you're involved with a first-team at any level, it's still a bit of a culture change to be part of an academy or an under-23s team. But hopefully next season, he could come back to England, maybe go out to a lower league club, see how he does there and move on from there. But I think going forward is a very bright prospect and hopefully in a few years' time we can see him walk out as a Legion United player in the Premier League. I hope so as well. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to that previous episode with Matthias Bogus, or if you've missed any of our other shows, they're all available on Spotify, YouTube and Apple Podcast simply by searching LUFC Fan Zone Podcast. Just before we go into today's show, today's episode is sponsored by the Mystery Football Kit Co., so the guys over at Mystery Football Kitco have reached out to us and happily agreed to sponsor the podcast and support us as a small business ourselves. Uh, they are Leeds fans and what they are offering is a Mystery Football Kit Box. And if you're not sure what a Mystery Football Kit Box is, it's the opportunity to get your hands on a shirt you might not have got before. It's from any team, from any time, including this season as well, all over the globe. All you have to do is select your size on their website as well as any kits or colours you don't want to feature in your mystery box. So obviously you'll be selecting no red kits in that category straight away. And your very own mystery shirt will arrive on your doorstep and you won't know what kit you've received until you open up. All of their shirts are hand-picked to each order and every item is of high quality 
And I must emphasize as well, genuine, brand new football shirt from either this year or any previous year from any club around the world. And because of our partnership, as well as the fact that we like to look out for our listeners, if you enter the code LUFC Fanzone at checkout, you'll receive 10% off your order. So make sure you head over to Mystery Football Kit Co on Instagram or www.mysteryfootballkitco.com to check them out and make sure you add the discount code LUFC Fanzone at checkout. But on to today's show, and this week we're back with a former Leeds United player and someone who joined the club in 1999 from Norwegian side Sogendal, a side he now manages in the Norwegian second division. During his seven years at the club, he made just short of 200 appearances in all competitions, most of which came in the Premier League. However, he did also stay at the club following the club's relegation and spent two seasons with Leeds in the Championship. Injuries and Leeds' financial crisis limited his appearances during his final couple of seasons at the club, as Leeds struggled to pay his reported £4,000 appearance fee on top of his already high wage, which eventually resulted in a return to Norway with SK Brand. Despite his injury problems, he was remembered fondly by Leeds United supporters, especially by the large Scandinavian fan base. That's right, this week we're delighted to be joined by former Leeds United midfielder Eric Backer. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Just before we begin speaking about your time at Leeds, Eric, it'll be great to talk about what you're currently doing because you're now the manager of Norwegian first division side Sogendal, which isn't just your boyhood club over there in Norway, but it's also the team who Leeds bought you from back in 1999 and also the side that you retired at at 2012. And you've been the manager there since 2015. So what's that been like for you? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, as I say, it's my, where I grew up. Uh, I'm back to, um, yeah, where I'm, uh, I, I grew up and, uh, I think it's, I've been through this. I'd say uh, this club through my dad was the leader of this club for 30 years so yeah now I'm the manager for seven years so it's um, time flies on so so far I'm enjoying it uh, enjoying working with young players and developing them selling them on and so it's, it's an, a good start for me in my, my manager career yeah and like you said it is your first role in management and because of that have you taken any inspiration from any of your former Leeds managers? Because during your time at Leeds, you played under some very successful and experienced managers. So did you take anything that they maybe taught you into your own managerial career? Yeah, I think I've taken a good and a bad, I think, from uh, all the managers. Uh, most of the good things. And then, uh, of course, it's all about leadership and how you're leading the players. And uh, and uh, taking with as well, uh, yeah, I had some great managers at Leeds, uh, some great coaches. Uh, so uh, I brought that back to how I'm here. We had a great younger players there at the time. And, of course, the way we play as well is inspired by some of the football we played at Leeds so it's um, of course uh, a lot of things I've learned in England and um, mostly through my career I've taken into my manager career so uh, yeah it's um, how to say it's uh, I've been lucky to be working with some great managers so so it's but mostly I have to take I could take something from them but I have to find it my own way as well but uh, but it's um, I'm enjoying it uh, at the moment so we'll see how far I'm here and like Sam just mentioned as well, Sognadal has been a big part of your career in football as it was the side that Leeds signed you from in 1999 when you were just 22 years old for a reported 1.75 million. Can you remember when you first became aware of Leeds' interest and how you felt about the possibility of moving to a Premier League team at the time? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, 
we were playing at the under 21s Norway. I was the captain of the, that team, so I know a lot of teams were following me and some other players, Stefan Everson went to Spurs. Uh, so it's, um, and then I knew in Broomfield, the chief scout, he went uh, for Leeds at the moment. He went uh, to a lot of the international games and so they were around us. So I knew of Leeds interest and knew of Tottenham. It was a few other Tottenham, a few other clubs was interested. So, um, Norwegian players at that time was very, um, many in England and as well in the Premiership. So, um, uh, they very came and Ristel, they came and watched me at around the 21 match, uh, in the European Championship in Romania. Then I knew they were very interested. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, was exciting. I played in Songdal at the moment. They were in the first division. Uh, so it was, uh, of course, a big step moving from, uh, place with 6,000 people living in to, to, oh, and, uh, 2,000 people watching the games to 40,000. So, of course, it was a big change to go from Songa to Leeds. But, of course, um, yeah, um, I'm, I want to say when I was in Songa, uh, Songdal is a club who develop young players as well. So it's, I felt I was ready when I, I went uh, to Leeds. Obviously, you must have been very excited to move to England and to the Premier League, but what was it like to leave Sognadal, which was your boyhood club, the club that you would have grown up with, aside where you went through the youth ranks and made your professional debut with, so what was it like to leave? Yeah, of course it was a dream uh, for me, I always uh, watched uh, English football uh, I was Everton fan was Everton fan when I was young, <laughs> watching uh, sitting and watching all the, all the um, Duncan Ferguson and all these players, uh, Gary Linick and all them growing up and uh, I followed them a lot. And then, of course, then uh, I watched the Leeds as well and other teams. And suddenly you are there and playing with the players you just read about. So, of course, uh, it's a big step for me. And uh, But uh, it's all about, it's only a football field, 11 player, 22 players, and it's all about same things. Of course, it took some months to get into it, but I think the way Leeds set up, the way uh, the good setup was at least was very easy for me to come into a young group with the same age. Many of them, many of the players was there, your young, hungry players. And then I had Alfie Haaland was me, with me who helped me, and uh, Gunnar Haller was there, so they helped me. And like the, the tra- tra- transition wasn't too too uh, too hard, so um, I think it went quite smoothly as long as I come into the into the football. And you actually joined Leeds in May 1999, which was just a week after the 98-99 campaign where Leeds finished fourth. But before you joined the side, you said you supported Everton and knew of English football. But what did you know specifically about Leeds? Because for some reason, I'm sure there is a reason, but there's always been a big Norwegian and Scandinavian following of Leeds United, both before your time and some of the supporters obviously followed your career to Leeds as well and have stuck with Leeds. But what did you personally know about Leeds before you came to the club? Uh, I knew it was a tra- traditional good English club, of course. We watched a lot of English football in uh, Norway every Saturday. Four o'clock, we watched all the games. So I knew uh, quite a lot about the team they had, yeah, the players who had been there before. Uh, so um, it was like, um, yeah. Uh, so I, I knew a lot about English football uh, when I came over. I think that helped me as well. I went over as well. A little before I signed to, to to train a couple of days with the, with um, the, with the team, I think that helped me as well. So I knew when I come over. When I was eighteen, I was uh, uh, in West Ham, trained for a week, and it was when I was nineteen, uh, I was in Liverpool for a week and trained. So I was prepared for for English football, and I think that helped me as well when I came to Leeds. It's of course 
Uh, I never uh, uh, two years before I went with some a trip with the former mates as well. And then we stopped in Leeds. Uh, we had a night out there. How did you say it? Great night out in Leeds. Yeah, it's a great place to have a night yeah, out. No, so uh, then, but I, uh, strange. One year later, uh, uh, I lived just five minutes from where we stayed in the hotel. So it was just <laughs> things changed quickly. So, um, but uh, of course, English service football is very big in Norway, and the, the Leeds uh, fans over here. Are, yeah, from the 70s and 80s, grew up a big uh, fan group, and everywhere I go now in Norway with a, with a team, you know, it's uh, lead supporters everywhere. So I think it's you know it's it's a big interest, and then um, uh, so it is for Norwegian players to come to England. Norwegian players to come to England, it's not it's not so hard. It's not too long, but of course, it was a big transition from the football from the players uh, players and uh, how quickly everything went uh, to the speed and it, of course. But I think uh, after all. Some months that I came into that. And you were the second signing at Leeds under manager David O'Leary, who was appointed in the October before, and David Batty was his first signing. However, in the season that you arrived, the club spent close to £30 million on players to help boost the side's title chances following that fourth-place finish in the previous season. And when you arrived, were you aware that that huge amount of money was going to be spent? And was that an incentive for you to come and join Leeds? Because it would have given you a great chance to win the Premier League in your first season in English football. I think it was, you know, for me, uh, when Leeds wanted me, it was just number one. Uh, I just wanted to go there because of the... I spoke to the manager, he, the way he spoke about me as a player, the way he wanted me to get into the team. I think the football they played suited me and, you know, with a... Mixed up with many other young uh, upcoming players, I felt this was the right uh, place to go. And then, of course, the ambitions of the club was to get into the Champions League. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, of course, uh, maybe not fighting for the league title, but to start to, to climb the title and, and try and uh, mix up with Man United and all these players. I think uh, it was great ambitions for the team. So, so this was a very easy. Move for me, you know. It was, you know, when you get a chance like this. When I had that time, uh, just to jump on, jump onto it, and and um, I could see, you know, this team growing up to fighting for titles, and um, we were close as well, of course, the first season. And you made your Legion United debut in the second Premier League game of that first season, which was a three 0 away win at Southampton with Michael Bridges scoring a hat trick. You came off the bench with 10 minutes left of that game, but you made your full Leeds debut a few weeks later against Newcastle at Ellen Road. What did that feel like for you, walking out for the first time in a full Ellen Road at the start of the game, as well as the 3-2 win itself? Because that result put Leeds top of the Premier League after just nine games. One of my... When I were looking at as well, kicking down Mark Hughes, you know, first thing I do after 30 seconds is get a yellow card. So it was just, uh, oh, yeah, it was, um, something I wasn't used to in Norway to tackle. So something I had to learn over there. But, uh, of course, to come onto Ellen Road and when the, the manager told me that I'm going to start against Newcastle because I, I, I don't know, uh, I think Betty got injured or something. And then suddenly I got the chance. So yeah, it was, it was a dream and to go into, the tunnel then before the game and the full house of uh, Leeds supporters was just one of the, my biggest moments. I think there was something I dreamed of. And and of course, um, the, the match as well, I think. When I came out there and started playing, it felt like I was playing in Songdal. I felt very comfortable. So, so uh, of course, at the end, we could uh, 
we were tuning up, I think, and then Algiers scored two goals, and then Barker Bridges scored the winner again. But we should have won more than we were all over them. But it was, um, of course, it's good to make your debut of, uh, when a team are winning. And of course, as you said, the top of the Premiership as well. Um, uh, so it was like a flying start for me. That Newcastle game was the first of many few in the Premier League that season. And you started 38 matches in all competitions in your first year at Leeds, which is very impressive given that you were just 22 years old at the time in a new country and playing for a side who were competing right at the top of the Premier League. But did you expect to get that much game time in your first year at Leeds? Because obviously you were arriving at the club as a very good player, but David O'Leary in the management might have saw you as a player for the future who could ease into the game time. Yeah, I think that was my plan as well. I just, uh, I just remember the first preseason in uh, running around and around the park, uh, running for two, three hours behind Eddie Gray. <laughs> just, uh, I was in the hardest group in midfield with Lee Boy and Harry Kuehl and so it's like, uh, yeah, and Eddie was in front, so uh, it was a hard start for me. After two days, I couldn't walk. So it was just a big step up for in the, the way we trained, the way hard we trained and everything. So, it, But the way I, when I come through that, I felt, you know, with the quality and the talent you had and then the manager and the staff believe in you. And I think David Batty got injured, uh, did his Achilles as well, make, made way for me so I can play more. I don't think the plan was for me to play more, but... It's with everything. You need to take your chance when you get the chance. If you take it quickly, you, you're into the team. And I think that's what the manager saw when I took my chance. And then he could see I, I was ready to play. So, of course, my first season was probably my best season in Leeds. Um, the way everything there, with the UEFA Cup, with everything. and So, I think it, it was a great start for me in, in the club. And we were leading the, the title race as well a long way uh, before we lost the home against uh, Man United. So, so... Um, and then, um, so so it's it was in football. You never know when your chance is coming. You just need to be ready when you're when you when you get the chance. That's that's um, uh, football. At the halfway point in your first season at Leeds, the club were flying high at the top of the Premier League. However, in the start of December, after previously losing just three times in the league, the side's form drastically changed. And after four losses in six games, the side slipped off the top of the league for the first time in almost two months. During that spell, the club also had unexpected problems off the pitch, with two of Leeds' main players, Jonathan Woodgate and Lee Bowyer, needing to attend court cases because of an incident at the start of the year 2000. Obviously, we won't go into that incident itself. However, how did you feel that their commitments off the pitch affected Leeds' performances on it? Because... Both Woodgate and Boyer were key players for Leeds and when they had to attend their legal duties, the team seemed to begin to suffer because of that on the pitch and surely that wasn't just a coincidence. Yeah, it was. I think uh, the way the two boys um, did that, uh, like, attracted out. I think they were very professional. Jonathan didn't play much, I think, at the time, but Lee Boyer came into the matches and played, so... And I think we just backed them and stood by them and, you know... Um, Felt like the football was the freedom for them to play. So, uh, but then you had the Galatasaray the, uh, incident as well, who affected the team, young team, and the way the fans uh, got killed there. And it was very strong for us. I remember, you know, in, in Istanbul. And after that, we didn't recover quickly because uh, there was so much going on with everything. So, especially with a young group, then uh, 
with all the things happening outside the pitch, I think that affected us on the pitch as well. So, because we're flying, we took every game, and then uh, I think we would have, if those things wouldn't um, happen, especially in Galatasaray, I think we would have been not fighting for our Champions League place, but I think we would have would have been fighting for title, for the title as well, because it's uh, um, we were so. Yeah, the way we played that year, I remember I think we had 12 games in a row with wins. Uh, so we just flying through every game and in Europe, everything, we were, we were not fearing anyone. We believed in ourselves. So it's, I think that's the, my first year. Everyone says maybe the year after, you can maybe talk about that. the first year, the, the hunger and the, the unfairness, the team didn't fear anyone was just crazy in that team. We, we didn't care who we played, we just played our game. And so, um, I think uh, with all those things, um, it was a lot for the young group to handle. I think at the end, uh, uh, maybe that's one of the concerns why we didn't maybe uh, finished in the top two. Like you mentioned, then that night in Istanbul with Galatasaray, and coincidentally, it's 21 years to the day just next week that the incident occurred. And I understand that it might be a hard topic for you to talk about, but would you be able to speak about your experiences in Istanbul during the lead-up to that match and how you found out about the tragic events that happened that night? Yeah, well, as you say, it's a long time ago now, of course, but uh, you remember used to the, we were the chairman and the manager, I think, you got this whole place down in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the room and told about what happened So the night before. So, um, and then it was just... It was just, uh, we didn't know if the match was going to be played or what, what happened. And the way we came to the stadium and the way the people reacted in Turkey was, was not good. So towards the fans as well. So it was, we came out to the stadium and it was full and people jumping out like they won the battle or something. So it was very strong on, on the players as well. Of course, we were, a, we were a much better team than Galatasaray, much better team. So, um, with, uh, with that match, 2-0 uh, away, you know, we were on ourselves. And, you know, of course, uh, we come back to Ellen Road. It was, I think uh, that's one of my highlights in Leeds. If you're uh, thinking, of, not, if you cannot say highlights, but the thing I remember most is that our uh, home match at Ellen Road, especially for myself, was well scoring two goals. But the, the build-up to that match, what's been talked about, the everything's surrounding the, the the families of the people, of the fans who got killed and everything. I think it's, and the way the least supporters talk together then was, it's a very special night at Ellen Road. Even though we didn't come through, it was something uh, I remember for a long time. And the way, yeah, it was very, the, how to say then, the, the atmosphere was very strange. So, uh, but it was not good to play that match, but it was, we couldn't give, we couldn't take them to the final as we, we tried to, but of course it was uh, for a young group. It was it was uh, very disappointing to to be a part of things like that, and especially now as well when we went out. It was yeah, it was like after after that something in the tank emptied. Despite the negative incidents in the second half of the season on the pitch and individually, you had a season to be proud of because not only did you start thirty eight games that season, which Sam touched on earlier, but in your first season in English football, you won Leeds' Young Player of the Year award. So what did that feel like, especially as Leeds was a very young squad at the time and to stand out and win that award in your first season must have felt really good. 
Yeah, I think, uh, of course, uh, Harry Kuhl is one year younger than me. He got the player of the year. So, <laughs> so it was, uh, so it was uh, I think he got the player of the year that year. But, of course, it's, um, it was a big, big thing for my individual, of course, got coming over to Leeds and play so much in my first season, both in league and Europe. In, in the, like It was like a flying start for me. So, um, yeah, for me, for me, it's just, to say, after my first year, uh, it was like, um, yeah, you don't think that you're going to be playing so much, even though you want to play every match as a player, you still want to be playing match, but uh, to, to be playing with so many talented players and, and um, yeah, it's, you have a part of a, a team who's just moving upwards. And I think after, after that season, we're just looking upwards. We want to take another step. We want to go up again. High in the league, and of course, what happened after the Champions League and everything was uh, like a dream come true for the for everybody, and of course for myself to be playing in the highest leagues and uh, and in the Euro biggest competition of Europe. It's something all boys dream of. In your second season at the club, Leeds once again spent big money on incoming players and spent the reported forty three million pounds on new arrivals, which surely would have meant that the ambition was once again to try and compete at the top of the Premier League. However, due to a poor start that season, Leeds were 12th in December, which was a stark contrast compared to the previous year, despite the new additions and the new quality that the side had. Why do you think that that was? Because on paper, Leeds had a far stronger squad. However, the results in the Premier League weren't really showing that. No, I think it can mix up with the, we got some new players in to adjust to the team. Uh, and then we had a lot of injuries. It was crazy. The injury we had, uh, I think, uh, we played Barcelona away <laughs> that year. It was, uh, so it, it was something mixed up. We got everything on once. So, but I think we recovered well. I think that's, of course, the bad run we had. And that, that's why we didn't finish into the Champions League that year. So, so it was just, um, all teams get this. And uh, of course, the, uh, the pressure on the players as well to take new steps is always big in places like Leeds. When you do well, the club, the players, and the, and the fans wants us to do even better. I think the year before, uh, the players didn't feel any pressure. They felt that you just everyone uh, was like surprised that we did so well. And then the year after that, the, when the things move on, the pressure comes on. You get a bad start, and you have to start feeling now you have to get into the top four, top three, and suddenly you're, you're struggling. So. I think it's, it's a mix-up between the players and, and, and uh, now with the injuries we had and with um, all the um, yeah, high expectations, I would say, who maybe took a little bit of the, on the young players' shoulders. I think it's even though we recovered quickly after the, in January and we started to win games again, and uh, of course we had a good run as well in the, in the Champions League that year as well. So, but uh, but as well, of course, a little bit disappointing that we couldn't move up and be fighting for the title like we did the year before. You just talked about that Barcelona game itself and obviously Leeds got into the Champions League that year because they finished third the season before and overcoming 1860 Munich in the qualifying rounds, Leeds were drawn in a group which consisted of Barcelona, AC Milan and Besiktas. And obviously, you know, you just talked about the Barcelona game, but what was your initial reaction when you saw that group? Because that was a pretty hard group. Yeah, I remember we were training on the training pitch and suddenly we, we, someone came shouting out uh, <laughs> who we were playing against. And of course, we thought we thought it was just fun. We we loved it to be playing in, the, in the big teams and playing against the 
the best place in the Europe because and that's the, the kind of uh, how to say it, that's the, the kind of um, we, we didn't fear anyone we just thought we could beat anyone at the time so if it was uh, Manchester United Arsenal or Real Madrid or uh, by Munich or whatever we thought that we could beat anyone I think that's that's why we came so far this that year as well that we just played our game and and the, the way we played with the intensity we had in our play a lot of teams struggled so 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 it's um, yeah the first group stage was something and then move on from there you come into the even <laughs> um, yeah tougher groups as well so it was um, a great a great uh, time for the players for the club for the fans for everybody at least to be joining playing against the big big boys yeah absolutely and first up in that group was Barcelona away which Barcelona ended up winning 4-0 However, after beating AC Milan and Besiktas at Ellen Road, Leeds were well in with a chance of qualifying, with the final fixture of the group was a trip to the San Siro to face AC Milan, with Leeds needing to avoid defeat in order to guarantee qualification. Don Matteo scored a very memorable goal which goes down in Leeds history that night to clinch a 1-1 draw, meaning that against all the odds, Leeds would progress into the following round. But what can you remember about that night in Milan? Because, it's like I said, it's still remembered well by Leeds fans and sung at matches today. And, of course, you played 90 minutes in that game. Yeah, of course, we knew we needed to get a draw. Um, and then Milan happened with a draw as well. We took the lead early on. Uh, but just the build-up to that match, it was just... I remember to go down to Milan and you need to get something out of the game. I think it's... Uh, I think we had a league game at the weekend. We won. I think it was against Tottenham, or I can remember. And then... The boys had a good night uh, on the Saturday, and the manager wasn't too happy about that. So uh, he told me and Dominic before the game uh, at the hotel, remember, you, bet, you two better perform tomorrow. If not, the chicken's going to have a go at you. So, so I think Dominic took it very seriously. He scored a goal as well. So, so it, was, uh, it was a great uh, night, especially uh, what I remember most of it after the game, the sing songs with the fans behind the goal and Gary Kelly standing. Uh, uh, leading the leading the line, so uh, I think so. That's something I, we had a special bond with the with the supporters at that, that that time, those years, because we traveled with them in Europe. Most of them we know, so it was a very special bonding with the Leeds supporters. Um, I think, and uh, I think when play when the fans players look back at that time, it's something. Yeah. Uh, we want to come back to Leeds one day. Uh, hopefully, in a few years' time, Leeds will be back up there because the supporters in that club um, deserve it. Absolutely. And Leeds ended up progressing through the second stage, which consisted of a group including Real Madrid, Lazio and Anderlecht, and then went on to beat Deportivo in the quarterfinals and advanced to the semifinals, where Leeds were drawn against Valencia. It was a huge achievement for Leeds to get that far in the competition, but after drawing 0-0 at Ellen Road in the first leg, how optimistic were you that Leeds could go to Spain and beat Valencia or maybe even go all the way and win the competition? Yeah, we believed in it because we thought we were a better, better team than Valencia. Uh, just before the game, I think the Lee boy was suspended suddenly. Just one of our main players. Uh, you know, was, uh, we knew that uh, I had to play on the right that game because Lee boy is better as a right midfielder than I am uh, in that game. But it, it was just, if you play those games, you need the, your best team. And uh, I think you, maybe I was coming into the team then, but because he didn't play, uh, I had to do a different role. But of course, with Lee, 
the form he was in in that year was just unbelievable. So I think if he'd been playing that game, I think we have a lot better chance, even though I got to play. So it was just um, something we needed our best play in that match. And then we had a good chance. It's easy early on in the game. Uh, but then they scored in the handball. So it was just everything was going against us uh, at that time. I think the disappointment and was very... Of course, we, we, when you look back at this, of course, everyone talks about coming into the semi-finals, but we had a great chance to go all the way that year. If we, I think, and if we had our best players, all of them together, I think we would have had an even better chance because it's so small differences in those big games. So, uh, um, very disappointing that we didn't, of course, end up 3-0, but uh, it wasn't a 3-0 game. Um, but um, when they scored the first goal and the second goal, we had to gamble and, you know, it's... The rest is history, but I think um, very disappointing that we should have got into that final. I think we were that year as well, we were a far better team than Valencia. And like you said, Valencia came out 3 0 winners at the Messiah. And because of Leeds finishing fourth in the league, the side returned to the UEFA Cup for the following year. But in that season, Leeds continued their amazing form from the back end of the previous campaign and lost just twice between the first match of the season against Southampton. On the 1st of January, meaning that Leeds had lost only four times in the Premier League throughout the calendar year of 2001. Because of that, Leeds were in a commanding position at the top of the Premier League. So did you finally think that in that 2001-2 season was going to finally be the year for Leeds to win the Premier League after finishing third and fourth in the first two seasons at the club? Because that form was just incredible. Yeah, of course, it's... When you enter those, it's small. Uh, it can be a lot of injuries coming into the team, and but the belief was there. Uh, uh, and of course, when you're up there fighting as well, to lose four games in a calendar, yeah, for Lee, it was just unbelievable. The mentality we have in the team was brilliant. So, but uh, as well to win uh, titles, you need uh, people maybe have done it before. So we were maybe. maybe maybe miss some players who've been into doing it before because uh, you know it's we couldn't. We couldn't go all the way that year either. So, but the quality was there, the talent was there. But uh, as well, it's it was maybe some something lacking where we didn't go all the way that year as well. But it's well, that year we had, as you said, in 2001, 2002, all that year. It's just, I think we had a lot of runs before that as well. Uh, in the 99, 2000 season, we had a lot of run, long runs, even without losses. So. It was good mentality into the team, but you know, it's all the good teams in England as well who want to win. So uh, you know, it's uh, so. Uh, but of course, the belief in everybody and Leeds at the time was that we didn't fear anyone, and of course, disappointing when we don't we want to get uh, mostly, most of all, get back into that Champions League position. That's the main thing. What we aim for and everything over that was just to win titles. We know it's difficult, but that Champions League to be involved in that was something. The boys and the club wanted to go again, and of course, why well, we didn't go there. But it's um, to look back at many things, maybe spending a little bit too many, um, too much money on players you didn't need, and used it on a little bit differently. Could have changed things, but it's easy, it's easy to say after uh, when the things starting to go downwards. Because the side got knocked out of the UEFA Cup in the fourth round to PSV, got beat by Cardiff in the FA Cup third round and got knocked out of the League Cup in the second. In total, Leeds had 10 less games that season than the previous campaign. Understandably, you would have wanted to win every game, but how much did playing less European football and less cup fixtures allow you to concentrate on the league and have a better chance of winning the Premier League? Yeah, I think it's... uh... 
I didn't think we we weren't talking about winning the title so much because I think we were more about getting the way we were playing. We wanted to be in Europe. We wanted to fi- finish highest possible, get into Europe the year after. That was the aim of the club. Of course, you want to win something. If it's a cup, or, or of course, if you are running for a, for the league title, you want to be winning. But to be uh, at the time and as well, it's it's. Um, uh, I don't know when did Rio go. I think he was on his way out as well. So it's players suddenly players important players were going out of the team as well. It was so it was um, how to say it was a special time because Leeds were always in the news. It was always about expectations were so high. Uh, it was starting to going about the manager and everything. So it was starting to rip up a little bit of what was built up there. So. Um, uh, because if you look at the team we had, there were so many talented players, but as well, the, we had so many good players in that team who didn't play. And that, uh, starting to get frustration when we get, didn't get into Europe and had so many good players, we didn't have enough games to be playing. So it was starting to get up a big frustration into the players as well, because some big names there are just not playing enough football for their, career so um, especially as you said when you suddenly you're out of Europe you're out of everything and then you know it's a, it was a big disappointing then it's not all about concentrating about the league in Leeds then it's all about being in all the competitions to be fighting so um, it was a little step uh, down of course but um, that's the way it is. you are in the big clubs like this the ambitions are high and then when you're not meeting them you get um, a lot of stick and at the time we got I think Certainly uh, not good, doing good enough. Once again, Leeds' performance in the second half of that 2001-2002 season saw the side slip away from the title challengers and finish fifth in the Premier League despite that fantastic start. And at the end of the season, despite Leeds finishing in the UEFA Cup spot once again, manager at the time, David O'Leary, was sacked. Do you think that was the right decision? Because during his four years at Leeds, fifth was his lowest finish in the league, which suggested that the Leeds United chairman, Peter Risdale, and the rest of the board were not accepting anything other than Champions League qualification. No, it was a big shock for me and the players. I think I was at home in Norway at the moment in the summer break, so... Uh, I was I was uh, I was just to sign a new contract as well. So the agent told me to fly straight over <laughs> before I got sacked. No, <laughs> so, so they don't change their uh, so they don't change their mind. Now uh, it was a big shock for us. Uh, David O'Leary was I think was great with the players. He had you know the standards he had within in towards the group and everyone. And especially what I can say is just good things to to, to say about him. So. We didn't understand what happened, and then uh, because um, and after that it was you know and I came back in the summer and it was uh, yeah strange feeling there because was something was missing there. Even Eddie, of course Eddie was still there. It was a big part of um, uh, of Leeds uh, when I've been there as well. One of the best coaches I've had. So um, of course it was a big disappointment when when um, the gaffer went at that at that time, and so. Was looking at to being a big change in the club. And that brings an end to section one of episode 26. Join us next week for section two, where Eric speaks about the decline of Leeds United and the club's fall from grace into the championship. Eric also speaks about the financial pressures he was under at Leeds, as when he was a top earner at the club during a tough financial period, he began suffering long-term injuries, something which he felt not only brought his time at Leeds to an abrupt and early end, but also caused problems between him and the Leeds United board. Thanks for listening.